If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, if Ruger Hara doesn't give a shit, then why should I? My name is Derek Cranevelt, and you're listening to Xbox Game Passengers. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode today. This is your first time here. This is the show where each and every episode, myself and a guest will dissect and discuss a single game available on Microsoft's Game Pass service, uh, which was chosen for us completely at random. So whether it's a magical or horrible experience, we'll force ourselves through it, share our thoughts, and let you know whether or not it's worth your time. If you have been here before, thank you so much for thinking that we're worth it and that uh, you know we're worth another listen. Hopefully we can uh, keep you coming back again. If you joined us last week, you would have heard a, a Geekscape alumni, Shane O'Hare, and I talking about a surprisingly charming platformer called Super Lucky's Tale. So if you missed that one, definitely go back there. Uh, the game impressed both of us far more than we anticipated that it would. And it's definitely worth a look. And uh, that's actually a game that's available on the PC side of Game Pass, as well as the Xbox side of Game Pass as well. But we're here to talk about something new today. And with that, I also have an entirely new guest. Uh, Doogie, how are you doing today? I am very well, Derek. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Can I ask you a question? Yes. How often do people mispronounce your name? Because it looks like it would be called, it would, looks like it would be Dougie. How often do you get called Dougie is the big, yeah, that's often, the big thing. Very often. Uh, the, the, the worst part of actually is the last name, Greg, because uh, it's spelled G-R-E-I-G. Mm-hmm. And I would say around about 106% of people say Greek. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try and be very polite and correct them. Uh, but the, 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 the Doogie Dougie thing, uh, you may notice listeners from my accent that I'm not from, uh, I'm not from Canada. I'm from Scotland. Uh, and in, in Scotland, D-O-U-G-I-E, Doogie is very much Doogie. It's like a, okay. a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in North America, I found that people are like, oh, it's Dougie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the best like way. Like the I've, dance. Like the dance. Well, yeah. Right. Teach me how Dougie. And the, the best way I've found of actually getting people to say it properly is by saying, oh, it's like Doogie Hauser," And they're yeah. like, oh, like the teenage doctor. And then there's a whole <laughs> bunch of Neil Patrick Harris chat that goes on. And that's the best way I've found to do it. Or they're too young and they're like, who's that? Uh, yeah. We, yeah. yeah. It's it like, that's getting pretty ways. dated now at this point. Like when yeah, did that show well, end? I have no idea because the thing is like, it's not a show that I ever saw in Scotland, but mm-hmm. I had to learn the reference in Canada to get people to mm-hmm. understand how to pronounce my name. Uh, well, I hope it's not too much trouble for you. I definitely no, think okay. I called you Dougie the first time that I met you. So, it, But everyone does, so yeah, I'm always fair. just like, it's fine. But hopefully you only have to tell them once. Yes, well, that's, so the, this, that's yeah. the plan. <laughs> so this is Doogie, not Dougie. Uh, it's true. Doogie, 
just so the audience can get to know you a little bit and a little bit about your taste. Um, what I would love to know, I always ask the guests, uh, like how long have you been playing games for? What are some of the genres that you typically gravitate towards? And what are some of your favorite games? Um, so I've been playing video games since I was about four or five, um, which is about 27, 28 years now. Um, and it started out very like we had a, an Archimedes and, a, and an old BBC mm. um, at home. So it was like we started out with games like Chucky Egg. And for anyone, if put it this way, if anyone who listens to this podcast knows what Chucky Egg is, then I'll be so happy and impressed. <laughs> um, I can't say I've ever heard of Chucky Egg. Google it, man. Chucky Egg. I will. I'm sure it was Chucky Egg. I, here, here's me going to get proved wrong now. But um, so I've been playing games a long time, most of most of my life. Um, typically, what do I gravitate towards? I would say I probably gravitate more towards like RPGs, like story based games. But you know uh, that I'm a massive D and D nerd, so mm-hmm. things like RPGs are like right up my street. Like the old Baldur's Gate games, like Icewind Dale. Re- more recently, like Divinity: Original Sin, Original mm. Sin Two, those kinds of games. But having said that, like I'll also play like first person shooters. Like my wife and I played a lot of Halo Three back in the day, um. So I love games like that as well. Um, yeah. So I would probably say that shooters or RPGs are my bag for the most part. As far as favorite games, that's a that's a really tough one. Halo Three is up there. <laughs> Halo Three was amazing. Um, I would say Mass Effect was definitely up there. The first one mm-hmm. uh, for a long time, but then they destroyed all my hopes and dreams <laughs> with Mass Effect Two and Three. Um, really, you didn't like Two and Three? <sighs> I, I've not really played the series much myself, but I've heard that like two two is supposed to be like the pinnacle isn't it yes well two like they kind of with with mass effect one they concentrated a lot on like the story and the characters and they 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 kept this really cool thing where if you made a choice in mass effect one it carried Mm -hmm. on to two and three um but in mass effect one the combat was kind of lackluster it felt very cardboard uh as far as like you know, running for cover or just how it should feel when you're this super powerful biotic commando type. Uh-huh. Um, and then in Mass Effect 2, the the combat was excellent. The story was great. Um, the the acting was a little bit better. You, everything was kind of a little bit harder, better, faster, stronger. And then in 3, they just, they built up so much about like moral choice and how your, mm-hmm. your choices make an impact and right at the very end of the game. And if you haven't played the mass effect series at this point, I'm just going to spoil it. Uh, and I'm sorry. I mean, uh, I've had like 10 years, so right. But basically <laughs> it boils down to, you get one of three choices at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And that that's just it. It gets to the, so basically also oh, regardless of all of the dozens yeah. of choices that you made along the way, it all yeah, just comes it, down it to, it doesn't okay. matter a damn because at the end of the day, you basically just push one of three buttons and that's, uh-huh. <laughs> that's it. You just arrive at this thing that goes, right. You can either kill these people, these people or these people. And you go, Oh, uh, so the last what X amount of years worth of fighting <laughs> to get to this point just means nothing. So it was a bit weird, but they made up for it with Andromeda, right? Ah, you know what? I I quite liked Andromeda. I thought Andromeda was okay. It gets a super bad rep, but mm. it it was no Mass Effect one. Yeah, I I did actually play several hours of Andromeda uh, mm. as part of the like EA Access trial, and I thought it was great. I yeah, and then weeks later the reviews came out, and everyone hated it, and I was like, yeah. I had fun with that, and I do intend to go back to it one day. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that that's the thing. I still haven't completed Andromeda, whereas mm-hmm. I God, I think Mass Effect One. I think I've maybe done like nine or ten playthroughs now, um, and then it got less and less and less as it went along. I think I did maybe four or five with Mass Effect Two, Jeez, and I did one with lot. Mass Effect Three, dude. I, oh, and in fact, we haven't even talked about the Skyrim. Skyrim is <laughs> probably one of my favorite games, okay, of all time. Uh, yeah, hundreds, hundreds of hours over several dozen characters like it's ridiculous at this point and is it like uh, do you play like full-on with mods or is it mostly vanilla or how like how do you like your skyrim well so i am mostly an xbox player which is okay. one of the reasons i'm on this podcast and um, so the mods thing didn't come in until way way later mm-hmm. so i i tend to play vanilla skyrim um but yeah i just i've just done loads of different like playthroughs i've tried to do like challenge playthroughs i've tried to do uh all kinds of like weird and and crazy shit with it but it's it's a lot of fun man it's one of those games i keep going back to like i keep mm-hmm. every nine months or so like keep it reinstalling <laughs> it and going this is so good <laughs> it is pretty timeless i've started I, I don't think i've ever finished it but i've started mm. it several times myself um both across the actually the xbox one so the skyrim what is it special edition or yeah, whatever yeah yeah um that was my first time actually mm. so i didn't play it until then uh, and i've since played it on playstation vr as well which is pretty a pretty stellar experience i haven't done the vr one i really mm-hmm. need to i really need to try it the the only thing I don't like about the VR one is that you you have no option to not play it in VR. So it is a like the VR mm-hmm. is it's it's it can be cumbersome to set up and and after an hour or two you might you know you feel it and and maybe I want to keep playing Skyrim but I don't want to keep playing it with this headset on. Yeah, yeah. You don't have an option to turn off the VR, which mm. which is unfortunate because games like I, I I mean I I know that they had to retool a lot of the experience for that. Yeah. But, you know games like Resident Evil Seven where you can mm. play the whole thing in VR or you can literally hit a button and and just start playing it with mm. the with the controller on a tv at that point like i really yeah, wish that they would have you'd had think something that like would that be, yeah yeah you'd think that would be kind of like mandatory to sort of mm-hmm. say hey you can switch it on or off like if you immediately decide oh i need to throw up everywhere mm-hmm. it would yeah. be great if i could switch <laughs> this off yeah which for such a I, there's not a lot of vr games that have made me feel sick but that mm. uh, that after like a long period, you know, an hour and a half or two hours or whatever. Like you're just, you just don't want to be in that headset anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, but imagine. you have to be, if you want to keep being in Skyrim. So, <laughs> <laughs> so those are some of your favorites. Was there anything, any other favorites or is those, those, are those um, the main? I mean, I guess while we're on the Bethesda train, I really enjoyed fallout four that gets a bad rep as well, man, but I, I, love I, fallout really, 4. I really enjoyed fallout four. And again, I didn't like fallout new Vegas very much. Do you know, new Vegas is a weird one because it wasn't, them right it wasn't bethesda it was no but it was uh, like the guys that did the original fallout games yes so everyone was i don't know i just i started with fallout 3 and fallout 3 Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite games of all Mm -hmm. time and i really liked the a lot of people like you know poo poo on the story and and call it generic just in this guy like searching for his dad or whatever but i really connected with the Mm storyline and I just didn't feel like the storyline in New Vegas had the same emotional. Yeah, I think three was an interesting one because like I I did actually play the original Fallout and Fallout 2 and even Fallout uh, Mm. Tactics Mm -hmm. and when they were first released. Like again, I I was uh, when I was a kid, I was a big PC gamer and things like that. So I played all those games as a kid. So when Fallout 3 came out, when I first played it, I actually didn't like it that much because I thought it was they they removed so much of the original tone Mm -hmm. from the Fallout games and it became very for lack of a better word, Bethesda-y. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it felt like moral, uh, Morrowind with guns, uh, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but it just it felt very, very far removed. But actually, the more I played Fallout 3 and the more I was 
got into it like i i really enjoyed three but i enjoyed four more and i couldn't really put my finger on why Mm -hmm. but um i don't know whether it was the factions were better or something but it it just i don't know four just seemed like a more complete experience and people would probably be like doogie you are fucking insane (laughs) for saying it but I like four I, I as well. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. And I definitely have. I definitely bought the Pip-Boy edition, and I definitely have a Pip-Boy oh, wow. on the shelf. So, uh, <laughs> Good so that's, Good that's how I felt about Fallout 4. But you know what I hated about Fallout 4? The, the damn settlement building. I was not interested in that whatsoever. And on the second time I played it, I like ignored as much of that as possible. And I feel like the game is much more solid because it's not yeah. like every five seconds. It's not like a settlement needs your attention, which is yeah. just the most annoying thing. I think what's interesting about that is the settlement building didn't bother me so much, but the Preston Garvey's whole shtick of like, <laughs> oh, I found another settlement. Mm. And it's like, when? When did you find the settlement? Because yeah. you haven't left. You've just, <laughs> you've been pacing up and down the same street for the last 85 days. When mm-hmm. did you get out and find the settlement? And that, that really annoyed me. Uh, but that like... The thing about the Minutemen quest is the more you put in, like you eventually got to fight the big Myrler Queen, which was a really cool fight mm-hmm. in the castle. That was really cool. And actually I had to, it was one of the playthroughs I did. I was like, right, I'm finally going to do presence quests because I could just never be bothered before. And, and I finally went back and did it. And I got to the end of that quest line and I was just like, I should have done this all along because this is really, really cool. <laughs> okay. but, I never actually initial, got that far in that stuff. You need to do it, man. Go back and do it, honestly, because when you get to the end of that, quest line it, it is fairly cool mm-hmm. like you start to be able to call in like uh, airstrikes because they mm-hmm. set up all these artillery things around the the castle and it's and it's really fun well i could talk about fallout all day oh, I, and i would love to ask you about fallout 76 but i'll save it for another time oh cause... can we do can we do an episode around fallout 76? possibly possibly i mean maybe it'll go on game pass and mm. uh but yeah uh, we'll, we'll talk about that we'll talk about that later but uh, yeah we're here to talk about something else today. We're it's here true. to talk about a game called Observer, which was randomly selected for us at the end of last episode. Um, Observer is a horror game, a survival horror game by the guys that created a team called Bloober Team. So they're based out of, I think, Poland. Yes, um, I think so. And uh, they are also the creators of Layers of Fear. Did you ever play that? I didn't. You did not. Layers of Fear is excellent. And I think it was even a Games with Gold game just a few months ago. Oh, really? Um, but it is worth looking into. And it mm. was on Game Pass, and I don't believe it is on Game Pass anymore. Mm. But um, definitely worth looking into. But they're a they're also handling the new upcoming Blair Witch Project game as well. So um, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So mm. that is one that I've not played, but I am very much looking forward to playing mm. at this point. Um, but yeah, this is Observer. Would you like to tell us a little bit about what Observer is about? Sure. So the kind of synopsis, or not synopsis, the, the little blurb that it gives us says, what would you do if your fears were hacked? The year is 2084 and you are Daniel Lazarski, an elite neural detective known as an observer whose purpose is to hack and invade suspects' minds. To gather evidence, you must relive their darkest fears and finally face your own from Bloober Team, the creators of Layers of Fear, Observer is a cyberpunk horror game designed to disturb you. Awesome. Did it disturb you? No. It annoyed me. <laughs> it annoyed me too. Um, oh, I'm so <laughs> glad. It annoyed me too. But before we <laughs> dig into that, yeah. just because it is, it's a fairly short, like six to eight hour, mm-hmm. very heavy story based experience. Um, just like we did back with What Remains of Edith Finch. Before we jump into it, before we jump into spoilers, I'd love to just move up the recommendation piece just so uh, you know how we felt and you can keep listening if you want or you can go and play it. Um, so for you, uh, was Observer a skip? Was Observer a give it a shot? Or was Observer a must play? And just a little bit of why. 
Um, if if you are really into these type of games and you just can't get enough of this style of kind of half walking simulator, half jump scare game, uh, I would say give it a try. But that comes with a massive, massive caveat. Uh, and that caveat is don't prepare to be scared because it's not a scary game. It's not a disturbing game. Uh, I think if you're into uh, story games, to be honest, I would skip it. Uh, As I say, unless you're an absolute fan of this type of genre, I would skip it. Okay. For myself, I thought that the story was interesting. I didn't I didn't think it was overly disturbing. I didn't think it was overly scary, although I did Mm -hmm. jump a few times. the story was interesting, but I felt like more than I was interested in the story, I was frustrated with how poorly the game ran. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever played a game that ran so poorly. Like even, you know, I remember trying to play the first Bioshock on like a 2007 MacBook Pro that could not, <laughs> did not meet the minimum specifications for playing Bioshock. And that computer ran Bioshock better than my Xbox One X ran Observer. Um, and it's like sad because it's, I, I don't know. I felt like just there's so much frame like frame drops. And at times, like, I don't know if the frame rates were in the double digits at times. Mm. Um, they it, it crashed. The game literally crashed several times. Oh, wow. Really? To the point where I went back to the home screen. Yeah. Which I've never had occur in any game on my Xbox One X um, or an older Xbox One. I don't think either. That's so interesting. Um, and one of them was at like this pivotal moment towards the end of the game. It's like like you're you know you, you you're waiting for this door to open and something's like coming at you and it's at the moment that like it would be this climax like it froze and i'm like this is part of the game because the game is very full of visual artifacts uh, yeah. and there's crazy stuff <laughs> yeah. going on and then i just yeah. see my home screen and um and then i put well, it down for a little while um, after my, that because i was just so upset my game might have crashed i don't know but as you say it's so full of visual effects that even mm-hmm. if it had i don't think i would have noticed like it's it's uh, do you know I think the thing that really galls me after playing this is that there were so many elements of this game that I really wanted to like. And Mm -hmm. there's so much that's in it that's very, very cool and very cyberpunk and very uh, Orwellian dystopia type of, of, of thing. And I think there was a lot of really nice ideas, like the Mm -hmm. idea of an observer, someone who could hack into the minds of, of, deceased victims and go oh this is how you died like that's a cool concept Uh that's a great idea but the execution of it was just so poorly done it Uh just and from the first moment i went into they call them uh, dream eater sequences uh the first dream eater sequence that i went through i was so ready to be like i'm gonna text eric and i'm gonna tell him i've played enough that's (laughs) like it was that annoying yeah yeah so it's a skip for you for, yeah, I, I think Based, so. Yeah, so you didn't love the story, and the gameplay was not what you were hoping for. I mean, the the grand concept, like the whole if we're if we're gonna get into kind of like spoilery territory, the 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 whole concept of a father trying to reconnect with a a, a son, I uh-huh. get like that. I'm not a father myself, but I I love my family. I can imagine if we were estranged, I would want to reconnect with them mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I get that. I get the human impact aspect of it. Um, I, I think the thing that really took me out of it and out of the story um, was the fact that the voice acting is shocking, uh-huh. is unbelievably shocking. And I was like, shockingly reckon- good. No, terrible. No. Oh, like what? I, 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 
I googled who the voice was because yeah. I was just like, I recognize this voice. It's fucking Rutger Hauer. <laughs> it, <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, Blade Runner. Yeah, of course. It's it's Rutger Hauer. And I was just like, for, there's one of the the bits when you really early on in the game, you're in this apartment and you you're looking at your what you think is your son's body that's been decapitated uh-huh. and he says this line i wrote this down yeah he literally goes god damn it but in like a rooker <laughs> hour voice but just like as if he's lost his car keys uh-huh. not as if he's just found the headless corpse of his estranged son that uh-huh. he came all this way over to the shitty part of town to go and find and it, ju- it immediately well i was like well if rooker hour doesn't give a shit then why should i <laughs> well and it's like this like it's this, you know, cool. You're like this cyberpunk detective, and and the world is so cyberpunk, and very, a lot of it is very interesting looking. But mm-hmm. and it's like that's such a selling point. Like, oh, literally, Rooker Hauer, like from Blade Runner, he's the main character. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard a more phoned in man. He got paid in like peanuts or something, like because <laughs> there's no way. And there's and there's moments where it's fine, but there's like like some of it is like some of his reactions to things like it just sounds like he's reading it off a piece of paper for the very first time and last time, like because they do, did a single take or something like that. Like yeah. it is it is rough. And and it's I feel like it's only him for the most part. Like, oh, I don't know. His son, his son's name Adam, I believe. But he had some pretty hokey lines and deliveries. But a lot of the, I felt like a lot of the like part of it is your so basically you're locked in this apartment building. for mm-hmm. the game. So you go to you get a weird call from your estranged son. You go to this building where he's supposed to be located to make sure that he's OK. And the building goes on lockdown at that point um, for whatever reason. Something causes this lockdown and and you're kind of wandering around the apartment building. Building and there's a few apartments you can go in, but you can like ring a lot of these doorbells and a lot of the people inside of them. I felt like felt more interesting than the main characters did. And I, and I would have loved to know more about them, but some of them actually had quite good delivery. I thought, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't say that everyone that was involved had terrible voice acting, but like you, you touched on a really interesting point, like that they maybe had like a one take or whatever. There was a point that the sort of um, the building that you're in, because most of the game takes place. In fact, I think all of the game just about takes place in this apartment block that you're in. Mm-hmm. Aside and, from the end, I think you're outside of that for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but. you're totally right. In fact, and there's this kind of like janitor basically in the apartment block uh, called Janice. And he introduces himself as Janice. And literally the next line that Rutger Hauer says pronounces the name Janus. <laughs> and if I, I was just like, hold on. It just, it, again, it's one of those things I was like, so they clearly weren't in the studio on the same day. They clearly had no, but no one thought to go at eh, Rutger. Uh, his name is Janus. Um, and yeah. just, just little moments like that. I was just like, no, you fucked it. And I think that, that again, just kind of like stepping back a little bit, again, going back to the, the concept of really cool ideas like because you are this kind of like augmented cyberpunky detective there's these two different kind of vision modes mm-hmm. that you that you have it's like a biovision which like helps you see biological things and you have like yeah. an electromagnetic vision which helps you helps electronic items stand out like the chip that might be in someone's head or something like that exactly and so again i was like that's a really nice idea that's a really cool concept and like again when i when i was wandering around in the apartment block at first again i was just like oh we can talk to the neighbors like we can try and find out what happened we can kind of get in you start kind of scanning around and then just all this terrible voice acting just completely (laughs) it just really took me out of it and it was so disappointing Mm -hmm. um and i think that the other frustrating thing about anything that you scanned or or uh, anything you kind of looked at in the world he would always comment on it. 
Mm-hmm. And that coupled with the fact that he's talking a lot in this game mm-hmm. and coupled with the fact that, as you say, he completely phoned it in. I was just like, shut up. You need to stop now. I feel like nine out of 10 of the things you scan to don't matter at all. And mm. so all it's doing is is trying to do world building through his voice lines, which are, again, terrible. So what's yeah. the so I almost wish that. And the whole execution of like, like, for instance, in the, I felt like I was stuck in that first apartment for a long time because it's mm. like investigate the apartment and you have your regular view and you have to walk around with the bio view and you have to mm-hmm. walk around with the um, electromagnetic view as well. Just trying to find the specific piece that you need to find. And most of it is just like like there to throw you off or there. I don't know if it's there to throw you off or there to make it take longer or what. But mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going through scanning everything and nothing matters. And then, for instance, in that first room, you, you end up finding a, a keypad and what's the code like oh maybe it's the birthday or the date that this photo was taken of this photo frame but mm-hmm. then there's a copy of like 1984 on the shelf and i didn't like i didn't try that for so long because i was mm. like there's no way it's just this literal literal <laughs> single copy of the single book that exists in this apartment like like it's going to be something meaningful but no it's just like the most obvious object that you could find is the clue to to get into the next room What's really funny that you that you mentioned that because like I was searching around the room for ages as well. And to be honest, like again, when I first got into that room, I was like, this is gonna be so cool if there's like a series of of mysteries to solve and like I can I can do this and I'll be in different apartments and I'll be like maybe there's this big conspiracy and I'm uh-huh. sure we'll talk about what the actual event is later on, which is such an anticlimax. <laughs> but like so when I was I was kind of searching around and I found the copy in 1984 before I found the keypad. Mm-hmm. So I was just oh, like, me too, 19, yeah. and I was just like, you know, that's a bit on the nose or well in dystopia. Okay, I get it. Um, and then I kind of like went around and I was in the kitchen and then you turn around and there's a keypad there. And I was like, really, are we doing this? Mm. And then I was just like, I'll try 1984 first. And of course it works. And then I was just like, oh, so this <laughs> is how we're going to solve puzzles in the game. Yeah. It's like, now I know what to look for next. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so anytime you come across like a keypad, because there's several in the game and you mm-hmm. can try and hack them. And sometimes the hack will give you like one number at the four. It actually worked like once, like that it gave me the whole number. Yeah, but the rest of the time it was like one. But then you still have to find the object that would make it obvious anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a bit like, uh, I I don't know. It just, again, I think my biggest frustration in this game is, again, that there were so many things. I I was all ready to play like a kind of like futuristic LA noir. Totally. That sounds amazing. I was was down. I wish somebody would make that. Yes. Right. Let's let's make it uh, Bloober team if you're listening. <laughs> um, but just there was so much that they just missed the beat on that. I was mm-hmm. just like, come on, guys, really. But again, I, I you know, I, I'm not a massive fan of these kind of like walking simulator games. Sure. And earlier on, when you mentioned Edith Finch, it was really, really interesting. So uh, a timeline of events. I was listening to your podcast anyway. Longtime fan. First time guest. Uh and I listened to the episode of Edith Finch and I told you uh, when I met you, like the day after, I was like, oh my God, I listened to the podcast, heard about that game. I went and started playing it and I loved it. So when I kind of knew that Observer was going to be a sort of walking simulator, I was like, this is going to be really cool. Like I'm excited because I've played a walking simulator now that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And then I got into it and I was like, no, nah, yes, it's it's destroyed. The vision has, has died. Last time I play a walking simulator. Yeah, right. Like, and it was so disappointing because I really wanted to like it. And there was mm-hmm. so many cool ideas. Uh, I just, I just couldn't get on board with it. And going just back to when you were saying about the, 
the augmented stuff, the pills, the, the mm. pills that you take. So um, if you don't take pills for a certain amount of time or once you come out with one of these Dream Eater sequences, like your vision's all blurry and mm. it's very like, like mind glitchy. Is all out of sync. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over the maybe like six or seven hours or eight hours or whatever that I played the game, I think I maybe took like six pills in the entire game. But then I was like, think about that in a time frame scale. If I'm popping six pills in seven hours, like the he's he either gets zero sleep or he's just gonna walk <laughs> around with a constant <laughs> headache. Like mm-hmm. because if you fall asleep for eight hours a night and mm-hmm. you don't take your pills, does he wake up every morning in this like doesn't know what the hell is going on? Well, and I feel like the like there was several moments where you found additional pills. So this is obviously not just something you're doing. This is something that it seems like maybe all of these augmented people need. Yeah, everyone seems to have augmentations. Mm-hmm. But I also could I also feel like when you went into the menu where you would actually take the pill, I didn't actually see a number that had a quantity of how many that I had. A hundred percent. And I and I. <laughs> if I had any sort of notion to play this game ever again in my life, uh, I would want to see like if you could get through the whole thing without taking one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what happened? Like because you find them. What if you don't find them? And what if yeah. you've now taken all of them? What happens at that point when you go further out of sync? Yeah, and they were they were everywhere as well. But I thought it would have been interesting as well if it was like a really really limited resource and you had to solve what was going on within a certain time frame or like a Prince of Persia type thing, like an original Prince of Persia. You've got like an hour or whatever it was, right? To to solve things or you die, mm-hmm. and that's it. And again, it would have added another layer of tension, or it would have added a layer of tension uh, a, a layer of fear if you will uh, almost almost <laughs> like a layer of fear um because there really wasn't any uh yeah i just and like the jump scare thing i i get jump scares i get the concept of it mm-hmm. i think a game that's done it really well was the new uh, or the remake of resident evil 2 mm. like there was so many really really cool jump scares in there that were really effective and mm-hmm. it made me shit my pants not literally mm-hmm. but the, you know jump up and and shout but i felt like in this they were always like i wasn't looking in the right direction for them and i mm-hmm. kind of started to feel bad because there would be this musical sting that would happen and i'd be like oh something's i should look around what's and then i would turn and i would be like oh it's gone well a lot of them didn't mean anything either like like you're yes. walking down a hallway and all of a sudden like there's a pigeon in your face and it's really loud <laughs> and like like i i feel like a, a jump scare is fine when it's coupled with like real real horror real terror but also it's fine when it means something and and or or but yeah this is like there's several and it happens the pigeon example it happened like three times to me during the course of the game and it's the exact same animation and it's probably the exact same pigeon and what is it why does this pigeon hate me so much is the big question that i want to know i wish i could mind jack into that pigeon and figure out (laughs) it it could be either that or bloober team are really big fans of john woo films and (laughs) they were just like well we've got to put some pigeons in here uh, or doves he was doves right it was doves and i i thought though that during like like back to kind of the mind hack sequences or the dream mm-hmm. eater sequences i thought that they were i actually quite liked the idea of them mm-hmm. um and i liked that because they for instance they talk about like i think typically they would he would go into the the mind of somebody that was living to get information or to interrogate them or whatever yeah because i think they talk about like people being dead like you're not supposed to do that it's like illegal or something but he's like i don't care like i gotta find my son oh i've i completely missed that i'm pretty yeah i'm pretty sure i didn't pick it up till much later mm. um i think it was when you went into like the last person before you find adam or mm. something um but he does it anyways and, and i thought it was quite interesting that like you're in a spot where 
like this person's mind is essentially starting to deteriorate because it's mm. dead. And, and so they're, you're walking through their memories essentially, and things are completely messed up and there's weird artifacts everywhere and things are floating around and jumping around. And, and I, and it's kind of like the atmosphere in those moments I thought was actually quite effective. And it made sense because this person is dead and their mind is, is breaking down. And, and that is why this stuff is happening. And I thought mm. that it was quite neat there, but I also felt like it was like, like dial that that like turn that dial back to like half because it was just like <laughs> some of them were like I was getting you know you're getting five to eight minutes of actual context and it's it's playing out over a half an hour because you're running through the hallways that are that are changing into other hallways and and things are flipping around and now all of a sudden you're somewhere else completely and now someone's screaming at you and like it's just so jumpy like there's just there's yeah. just no no stability to these moments which could be the purpose of it but i also feel like it was just a bit too much yeah it, it's interesting because i hadn't actually thought about the fact that it is the mind starting to deteriorate and that's why it is so glitchy and and fucked up in those areas that's actually a really good thought process but what i think the thing that again took me away from that was um it reminded me of that sequence in the original max Payne game where you the baby was crying if you went the wrong way mm-hmm. and you had to follow that little bloodline and i think that was a horrible design choice then and i think it was a horrible design choice <laughs> that was choice. like 20 years ago <laughs> yeah right and it just the, those sequences just infuriated me because i didn't feel like i was picking up any and and maybe i'm just dumb right maybe it's just that i i wasn't paying enough attention or or whatever but i was so far removed from what like by the time I got to the end of the dream at your sequence, I'd forgotten why I'd even started it in the mm-hmm. first place. And I was like, wait a minute, who's this person? Mm-hmm. Why, why am I here again? And mm-hmm. I, every time I came out, I had to go back and maybe that's what they wanted. And maybe that's a really effective tool that they employed. But from a video game perspective, it made me not enjoy it. And every time I knew I had to do one of these sequences, I would be like, oh, fucking here we go. And it just, it didn't make me want to progress. It didn't mm-hmm. make me want to go further. Um, and I think that the real kicker with those sequences is when they introduced like halfway through, because there's only maybe like six or seven in the whole game of these sequences. If that, um, yeah. Uh, and I feel like it was maybe about halfway through, maybe in the third one, or maybe even as soon as the second one, they introduced this- A monster. Monster. <laughs> All of a sudden there's a monster and you're like, what is going on? And like when when you enter that specific dream sequence, like- that's when I was still following on with the plot. That's when I was still mm-hmm. kind of there because I was like, okay, I'm this person that works for this company and I'm trying to steal data and I'm hacking into the system and I'm taking that for this person. So I've obviously been paid by Adam, which is Daniel Lazarski's son, the main character, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, I'm starting to piece this together. Okay, so, so far we've got a lady, we've got Adam. Uh, I'm here to find Adam. Adam's paid this woman. He was working for the company. Now he's not. Now he's trying to steal the information. Okay, it's a stick it to the man kind of story. And then this monster turns up. And if this monster sees you, you're dead. It's an instant kill. Like it just runs you down. And that's it. The first time that the monster, because it, it kind of is this stealth sequence where you have to crouch yeah. down and and it kind of is walking around and you're kind of in a weirdly set up artifacted uh, office building. And so you're kind of 
moving between desks as this thing's walking around. But the first time that it like I see this monster walking around, I just think it's part of the dream sequence and I just kind of walk right up to it because I'm going to walk by it. And then it like grabs you and then you die. And I'm like, oh, this must be the end of the dream eater sequence. And then I got a game over and I was like, oh, there's oh, I oh, I have to get past this now. Like it's not (laughs) obvious whatsoever at that first point because it's not introduced at any point. Yeah. Like like at the beginning of the game, like it, you know, oh, you got to take this pill so that you don't go crazy or die or whatever. But this is and then all of a sudden there's a monster and Mm -hmm. you should just know that you have to stealthily get past it. Yeah. And I think there's so much of the game that's like that as well. Nothing. I feel like nothing's ever introduced in a gradual sense, like even before you even press A to start the game, there is this text scroll that happens about the the game world. And it's mm-hmm. just like Poland 2040 or whatever it is. And I'm like, well, hold, I've not even pressed A yet. Like, <laughs> let me actually get into the game. And I do, just, there was so much of it like that. Like that sequence, like uh, there was a bit later on as well that really boiled my piss, that really started to annoy me. And I can't remember what it was. I'm like scrolling through my notes here. Just like things like this monster just kind of like turning up. Mm-hmm. And then it disappears. And then and then all of a sudden it's back towards the end of the game. But is it like real now? Because now it's in your world and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, yeah. So that was the other thing is that like, and, and I guess I was thinking to myself, that was kind of a nice effective bit as well, because how we've been doing too many dream meter sequences now, now that the real world and the mm. dream meter world. Yeah, now he's going crazy together, and the and dreams going, are blending yeah, with the real world. What's reality and blah, blah, blah. But the other really annoying sequence was the one in the cornfield where like there was the alien ships above you and you had to crawl through the cornfield. And if they saw you crawling, they would come down and it was an instant kill as well. What? Is that what happened for you? I was just sprinting. And I was like, I probably need to avoid that light. And I just sprinted and I think it was like 20 seconds and I was out of it. Yeah. Oh my God. Cause, cause it, because you just, you, you're walking and you just flash all of a sudden and you're in this field. And I think I was still, I still had the stick clicked in from when I was running before and he just kept (laughs) running and I'm like, well, that light's probably bad. So I'm going to not run towards that. And then, um, oh, there's this other like light off in the distance that I think, you know, I'm like, this looks like it's probably the spot I'm supposed to go to. So that whole thing for me was like 20, 30 seconds. I feel like that is hilarious because I had to come back to that like again and again and again. But what wasn't 20 or 30 seconds for me is towards the end of the game. uh, There's like this weird all of a sudden you're in this weird foggy forest and you can wander around forever. And I'm just kind of wandering around, wandering around. This I ended up having to look up because I couldn't figure out what to do. Um, Oh, but if you use either one of your visions it's like you're in this like mm-hmm. you're in this forest and that's what you see for the real vision but if you use either one of your special visions it, it kind of does this like scanny thing every few seconds and it shows you that you're actually yeah. in this room and i'm wandering around this room for probably half an hour um and i'm like because i'm like oh i must have missed a hallway or i must have missed something that i'm supposed to duck through or something like that and there's a door but the door's locked and that's the only door i can find and i'm like oh maybe there's another door and i just keep coming back to this door because it's very hard and it's very mm-hmm. um disorienting because you just kind of see this forest and then all of a sudden things kind of fill in like a, almost like a wireframe when it scans. But then after a few seconds, it disappears again. And then after half an hour, I'm like, screw this. I look it up and there's actually like several, like essentially like server racks that you have to pull apart. And yeah, it, I had to look it up to figure it out. And that was the worst part of the game. <laughs> yeah. Like that, like I, I did actually manage to figure that one out, but just while you're talking about the puzzles, they, they didn't, 
to me, they didn't feel like puzzles. They felt like, hey, we need to pad this game out for another <laughs> hour uh-huh. and we need something super obscure. Um, and again, going back to like the 1984 and the keypad example, I think it was one or the other. It was never, there was nothing in between. It was either, here's a book called 1984. There's mm-hmm. a keypad on the wall with four digits. Mm-hmm. You work it out. Mm-hmm. Or it was, you need to be, you need to go step by step using this bullshit scanny vision uh, in order to find the exact mm-hmm. thing that you need to pull in the exact right sequence, otherwise it doesn't work. And it just there was nothing in between. And I feel like so much of the the game, like were like crazy drunken decisions. Like mm-hmm. early on, you were talking to one of the people in in the building, or you were talking through one of the intercoms. And literally, there's two lines of dialogue, and I I it struck me so much that I wrote it down. There are one after the other where you're asking. Um, this neighbor about this couple that are in the apartment block. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, I don't know much about this couple. You ask him one more question and then he goes, she works double shifts to support her ex-con <laughs> partner. Uh, she works for the corporation. She seems pretty tired and reeled off all this information. And I'm like, you so, you just told me two seconds ago that you don't know anything about these <laughs> people. Why are you lying people. to me, man? Like, like really? And it just, it just seemed like so many decisions were just like, completely ignored and then they were here and then they weren't and um the puzzle that really got me actually for for ages was one where you had to twist this dial on a radio and oh yeah. it was in this like big ballroom and it, the thing is i looked around the room and i was like the thing that seems out of place here is the radio i knew mm-hmm. it had something to do with the radio but you had to be so pixel perfect on the fucking dial and it took me <laughs> ages and i was like i turned to my wife at one point and i was like this is the most infuriating video game i have ever played <laughs> like i'm i'm scared but i'm scared for my surroundings right now i'm not scared because i'm in this game i'm scared because i'm gonna I'm hurt someone break something. Yeah, i'm scared that i'm just gonna explode into a bloody mess i don't know i just the whole experience from start to finish just really really infuriated me i feel like i liked this game more before we started talking about it. <laughs> that we're talking about how frustrating all these moments were it's all flooding back and I'm yeah like, i want to change my like it's worth a try to like probably just never play just just never play and like i've got i've just i'm scrolling through my notes here and i've just come to another realization is mm-hmm. that i I only started up this game twice because after the first session, I knew the next time you start this game, you have to finish it because (laughs) there's no third session here. That's it. Uh, I only realized coming back in my second session that if you were to quit the game and go back in from your last save point, there's actually a story recap. Mm, I do. I did like that. Of your last little section. But again, the game is so short Mm -hmm. that when are you ever going to see that? That's true. And it's like, why include something because my my imagination is telling me that Bloober Team want you to sit down and enjoy this as a singular experience from start to finish. Uh, you know, fair enough, it's like six, seven, eight hours or whatever, but it's not a story that you can just jump back into totally. and go, I'm exactly here. It just, again, it's just another one of those decisions that I'm just like, why, why include that? Mm-hmm. That said, I think the story is so all over the place that like oh, you is. leaving it and and you come back to it a week later, you're yeah. like, where am I and what the hell am I doing? What is yeah. the purpose of, of it is it is now? entirely schizophrenic. The mm-hmm. story it's yeah. like all over the place. And did you did you find uh, did you play the video game that's in the game? 
like little... once very briefly yeah yeah so i did as well but i i, I kept on going to all these other terminals and being mm-hmm. like oh i wonder if there's another but it's all the same game but everyone in the entire world plays that game yep and then later on in like one of the very last dreams eat your sequences you're in that game mm, right and i was like well what's the significance of this thing because this is obviously like a really significant thing but then i'm like but if there's only one in the whole world just why include that at all mm-hmm. again it's just another one of those decisions that's like well, why do that like take the hours that it would have made you work on that and put them into like adequate storytelling i don't know just i i feel like there's so much in here that just was completely unnecessary mm-hmm. I, one thing that I did, like, I did feel like a lot of the, I'm super into like, just weird, like in every game, I'll just read as much as possible and Mm, pick up every mm -hmm. document and everything like that. I did feel like a lot of what the, you know, you can log into a lot of these terminals and like read emails and stuff like that. I did find a lot of that stuff quite interesting. And, and there's one in particular that was like, you go into, I'm not sure if it's an optional like apartment or if you have to go into it, but you go Mm. into this apartment and it ends up being like the guy that lives there is he like steals and sells like organs and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and I did feel like, you know, and, and you go into his email and there's people like promising like, Oh, just please get me this. Like I need this so bad and, and I'll pay mm-hmm. you like way more than what you typically ask for. And then, and then there's like another email that's like, like this liver you gave me is useless and, and this person's going to die. Like I'm not paying for this shit. Like I, I did feel like a lot of that stuff was pretty interesting actually. And, mm-hmm. and, atmospherically i thought that that was cool and and there's even another point where it seems like this guy like there are some i guess very very small apartments and there's people that essentially just live in virtual reality and and there's a guy that kind of comes out of that and he's like what's happening like i'm a pilot in space or something like that and you're you kind of got to talk him down and moments like that i thought like i'm like oh this this is really cool and this is a really interesting moment but it's just like surrounded by such frustration that yeah that those moments don't don't end up shining through at all. Yeah, I feel like kind of what happened is that Bluebird team had a big fight and they had decided on this concept and half the team went to work on like this cyberpunk dystopia detective story and the other one wanted to make a horror walking simulator and then they brought all their ideas together and went, oh, this is hot trash. Let's release it anyway. Because <laughs> um, again, like there, there were so many cool moments and again, there's so many cool decisions that were made and there's nice elements that are there but as you say it's just surrounded by so much garbage that Mm -hmm. it just is impossible to enjoy Mm -hmm. i feel like there was there's a note i've written down here there's a cabin later on in the game when you're starting to hunt this killer and we've not even talked about the fact that there's a killer (laughs) yeah so one of the things that that happens is that okay you get you get uh brought to this apartment block in search of your son but then when you get there, as I say, you find his decapitated corpse and suddenly you're hunting this killer, but you're also trying to find your son. And again, the schizophrenic story just tosses a coin every time. Or oh, are we hunting the killer? Or are we hunting our son? Mm-hmm. And anyway, so later on, you're in this cabin underneath this building. Um, and I, I couldn't find, there's a handle that leads you underneath and I could not find oh, this handle. Oh, that took me for, so long. Oh yeah. my, I was gonna, I was ready to break something. And then again. once you see it, you're like, it's so obvious How though. could yeah. I have missed this? So <laughs> then you open up this door and it and it goes to like this sort of unplayable uh, sort of semi cutscene where you turn around and the killer's there and he jumps on you and then the screen blacks out. And when you come back up, like the killer's tied and all these like cables and wiring and you're just kind of standing in front of him. And I was like, well, hold on. Let me play the fun fight that I just mm-hmm. missed. 
Like there was an opportunity there to actually engage in some kind of activity. But no, the screen just blacks out. You wake up and you go, right, well, time for another Dream Eater sequence. Let's go. <laughs> Let's find out what this guy was up to. Well, and and it, and that's after as well. That's after like like the the killer got hurt somehow, and he's bleeding all over the place. So you spend <laughs> yeah. quite some time like tracking his his very obvious blood yeah. uh, through the apartment building, and then just for it to it just be like very anticlimactic like that. And and that's it. It's kind of I did find that character though. Like once you you do do the dream eater sequence to him next to figure out what he did and and the context of of that, and you kind of see back into his life a bit, and it is well, that's quite an interesting story I thought and it's kind of yes. cool to see the perspective of like you just spent this time kind of tracking him but then now you're looking in his mind and he was very clearly tracking you at the same time and yeah. and you actually kind of see then then him attacking you but from his perspective I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of cool but but still very anticlimactic and I, and I think like again the, the, the concept of the dream eater sequences very very cool being able to relive someone's memories to Mm -hmm. work out what's going on in their life and and why they are the way that they are very 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 cool idea but i again my problem with it was that it just they they were so unengaging as sequences i think that one is probably the best of them all Mm -hmm. it it goes into because the 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 killer himself is like this super augmented like um you know, can jump super far and has like big teeth and claws and is almost like a kind of big bad wolf type character. And part of that dream eater sequence is, is very much based on like a I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll and I'll blow your house down mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um so again, really cool moments. And actually, you are totally right. That was the one dream eater sequ- dream eater sequence that I was like, oh like that that actually got to me a little bit. That yeah, actually yeah. made me feel one thing, certainly more than the, oh, I've just lost my keys standing in front of my headless son, uh, <laughs> Lazarski. Like, I just, yeah. Again, lots of cool ideas, just really badly done. Mm-hmm. Did, the, did the game make you feel sick at all? No. Like, I, I felt like I, and I don't, I can't say that I've ever, aside from the odd VR game, which is a very mm. different experience, I can't say that a video game's ever made me feel physically ill, but there were times at in this game where there are just so many effects on the screen, and there's things twisting in different directions, mm. and like flashing back and forth, and the field of view isn't super wide or anything like that, yeah. like, like a couple times, and I think it was about three quarters through, and I can't remember what was happening, but I was like, I actually feel a little bit nauseous at this <laughs> <Not> moment. <really? laughs> Um, which is a new feeling for me in a video mm. game, but I can see why it happened because this game, like, uh, it's it, there's it's messy and there's stuff all over the place and there's yeah there's stuff twisting and turning and and appearing and disappearing and all of a sudden you're in a weird forest that takes half an hour to get through and all that sort of <laughs> thing. So no, I can I can uh, I can understand why I, I can't say that it made me feel sick, but I, I think again I had. I think by the time it would just felt angry sick. Well, I just was, I just, (laughs) because I really wanted, as I said, like I really wanted a cyberpunk LA noir. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what I was in for. And I, I definitely didn't get that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like another, did you get any of the achievements in the game? I got a few, but I can't remember anything about them. Yeah. So I, I wrote a note down about one of the achievements. Um, was it about achieving one frame per second? Cause I definitely got that a few times. (laughs) It wasn't, but it was one of those achievements that you get that was like, oh, only 0.6% of people have this achievement. And I was like, really? Um, 
because I feel like everyone else stopped playing before that. Well, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I feel like the only reason I got it is because I fucking sat through this whole thing. Um, there's this moment in the game much, much later on where you find the severed head of mm-hmm. Adam and you do a, uh, you plug it to his memories and, and all that kind of stuff. And because he's a programmer, like that's where you're into the, the video game inside the video game type thing. And you Which kind is of like through a, a trap levels. that he has. Yes. Seen. Yeah. 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 And uh, I I died in the, the sort of dungeon of that video mm-hmm. game. I think you have to. I don't know that there's a way not to. That's my point, is that you die in that section and the achievement that you get says, Is that you survived. Is that you survived that section. And I was like, <laughs> wait a second, what? I'm so, it was, again, another just mind-bogglingly mm-hmm. bad decision. I was just, I was so confused, so confused. Well, and then like the, just- at the whole thing with Adam, once you find him, is the weird. Like it goes. If it wasn't off the rails before, it, it goes flies fucking off sideways after man. that yeah. because it's actually like Adam at this point is like a virus that's uh, like trapped in in this lockdown and and but he's still saying that he's your son and yes. you he's just this giant floating head and like he yeah. hates you and so the monster that you saw earlier was actually like like his representation of his hate for you and and i am this does i the words that i'm saying right now don't make any sense but it didn't make any sense when it was happening either and i feel like that was pretty accurate uh, no 100 percent, and I, and I couldn't agree more i felt like for eight hours i was reading this one book and then in the last half hour of playing this game, someone had jammed like just a massive section out of this completely other random (laughs) as fuck book in there and gone, that's how this game ends. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, what? And again, like you, you totally hit the nail on the head because the way I understood it and I was, I sat at the end credits going, right. So wait a minute, wait a second. Let me go back. So Adam creates like he does steal the data from the company. That part is true. So that part I understood. And then when they're trying to get the data out, they figure out that they're trying to steal the data. So what Adam does is he creates him an image of himself in digital form, then sends an, uh, an assassin, this killer, after his live body to kill the live body so that the virus version of him can then spread through the internet and then but but the weirdest thing about it is the very end choice Mm -hmm. is whether you let him (laughs) it's like whether you embrace him or like the wording is like embrace him or like refuse him or something yeah and it's one of those things where he then puts his digital self and takes over your body so Mm -hmm. that he can walk out and then be disconnected because an observer's mind is disconnected and i'm like it's the most then they can't track the virus to stop it essentially if i wasn't angry before the ending i was ready to spit fucking fire i could have did you choose to embrace or to refuse him I chose to embrace him. Really? I was like, why the f- like why would I embrace you? You're clearly you're not my son. You're like a weird like AI version that like So what so what happens for you then? What happened at the end of of your playthrough? So he's like <laughs> it's probably the same thing because he's like, well, I thought, you know, I really hoped that, you know, as your son you would side with me, but since you're not, I'm just going to have to take you over anyways. And like <laughs> so he still goes in your mind and then you you're like in a 
drone or something. You end up in a, oh. in a drone. Um, and, but, oh, he puts you in a drone. He wakes up and he's like, oh, there's not room for both of us in here or something. He puts your mind in a drone, which is broken. And then Janice or Janus comes <laughs> and is like, oh, bad drone. Like, this is what you get for flying away. And then you take him over and then you go and, uh, he's basically the lockdown at that point is lifted and he's standing at the door. Uh, Daniel's standing at the lockdown door as mm. it, as it starts lifting and there's police outside and you as Janice essentially try to take him down. Um, and you're trying to kill him, but then you get shot. And then it basically is like, like, you're like, Oh, did I kill him or not? And then the police are like, Oh, is he breathing? Like, is he okay? And then I think they say he is breathing and then it ends. So I think that he gets out in that case. So it's, that's interesting because it's not too dissimilar, but it is slightly different. So when you choose to embrace him and it's like mass effect all over again, Oh man, don't even get me started. (laughs) The, the, the reason I chose to embrace him is because I was like, listen, if I'm going to have to sit through eight hours of this miserable garbage, the one thing I'm going to do is do the thing that I came here to Mm. do, which is reconnect physically or emotionally or digitally or however we want to put it with with adam regardless of whether he's made himself into this crazy virus or what so he uh, puts himself in your in your head and janus is there or janus in the in the the corridor with you and you're kind of saying to him it's all good janus don't worry and then you can hear the cops outside and then you walk out and no way it. really yeah, he gets, that's it. Like he, he goes and he gets out and that's, that's the end of the game. And I was like, you are having a fucking laugh. Like, um, and then what but happens? Yeah, but yeah, right. And it, it just, I don't know, like that whole last section, I couldn't agree with you more. That whole last like 45 minutes, I was very nearly screaming at my TV. Like what is going on? The, Cause all the way up until that point, you get these little snippets. These little snippets of story, these little snippets of, oh, there's this killer. Oh, there's this little thing that's going on. Oh, this is, you know, this person was killed by like claws. Oh, is it an animal or a person? Mm. And, you know, there's little moments of this throughout the whole game. And then you get this last 30 minutes of, oh, we've run out of time and money. So we just have to cram all (laughs) the story. We need to finish this with whatever voice lines are left over. Oh, man. And it just, the whole thing. So I looked up afterwards because once I finished it, I text you and I was like, right, I'm ready to go when you are. I can't wait to talk to you about this. And you were like, me too. I'm so excited. I made them. I made a mistake, Derek. The mistake I made was I looked up reviews. It got great reviews. It got some of the best reviews a video game has ever got. And it, that made me more angry than anything. <laughs> because I was like, how much did Bloober Team pay you? Uh, in what Nazi mm. gold did Bloober Team pay you? to to write good things Mm -hmm. about this hot trash Mm -hmm. because it's unbelievable well and i i was so excited for this game because at pax last year i interviewed somebody from bloober team about this game (laughs) because (laughs) they were and and the game had come out about a year before but at at the time of pax uh the the switch version was about to come out and they were talking Mm. about how you know this is a super visual game and they've managed to to cram it into the switch which is is less powerful for instance but it still Mm -hmm. ran really well and i played a chunk of the game like about a 15 minute chunk Mm. and i was like this game is insane I can't wait to play this game. And then I didn't until right now, but I was so excited when this game popped up uh, in the randomizer last week, because I was like, finally, I'm going to get to, to experience this game. Cause I remember 
after packs, like reading reviews, like be, mm. and everybody loves this game. And um, oh, so I'm so disappointed because I didn't hate it. Like, I feel like you hated it. Oh, man, I, I hate it. I feel like there was moments of like, oh, this is really incredible. But mostly it was just like it was super messy. It didn't make a lot of sense. The the last 45 minutes is yeah, like a different game and not a good different game, just a different no. game. Um, and but it's like the worst running game that I've ever played in my entire life. And that that's is so, the most frustrating. So yeah, the most frustrating thing for me was just like every or or it'll run fine for like five seconds. And it's like, oh, this is like very pretty and, and 60 frames a second or something. And then it's all of a sudden it's like six and and you're just kind of <laughs> chugging along. And and even at the beginning, it's like like or most of the game, it feels like if you sorry, if you're standing still and you hit the the look so the like the right uh, yeah. analog stick, yeah. it like freezes for a second. Like it moves slightly, it freezes <laughs> for like five frames and then it keeps going. And it's like how even in the opening scene when you're sitting in a car like you can't even turn yeah. that far there's not that much there's not there's not anywhere to go there's not much to render there that that shouldn't already be rendered yeah um with my like very little understanding of how this stuff works but <laughs> but it still it freezes at that point as well and and i don't know like this is a this is a pretty powerful console at this point how do if this if it runs like this on an Xbox One X. How does that game run on an undocked Nintendo Switch, for instance? Well, like, it, it's it's really interesting that you said that you had so many performance issues with it because I I I didn't find that like I, mm. I didn't find that it was like laggy or slow or anything like that. I and I've only got the Xbox One S, and mm-hmm. um, I actually found it ran pretty well. Really, I, it did. Like visually, it was when you weren't in a Dream Eater sequence. It is a very visually nice game it totally. looks great yeah. yeah and and again in that first sequence you're just kind of sitting in this car mm-hmm. and you're just kind of looking around and someone's trying to call you but i spent a good five minutes like i was looking around and there i was like mm-hmm. man this game is going to be great like yeah. i am i am cyberpunk la noir as i've said many <laughs> many a time well and i'm totally I was like, like this, this, is gonna be so this cool. darkness and this like the neon and and it's very everything's very wet like it has a yeah. it has a very cool look um yeah. And like, I feel like there's so many moments where like take a screenshot, like, oh, this is a very cool concept art or something like that. But when you put it all yeah. together, at least for me, it ran so poorly so much yeah. of the time. I think, again, like I said, I think it crashed to my home screen three times over my playthrough. Wow. And one of them, oh, I, because we weren't talking spoilers before. So towards the end, when like everything is falling apart and yeah. you're kind of, you're running away from the monster at this oh, point, yeah. which is yeah, now yeah. in the real world. And you kind of run down this hallway and all of a sudden, like everything's very like, it's like body parts almost or like mm-hmm. veins or something. And you run and there's an elevator at the end of this area. Yeah. And you hit the elevator button and then you hear this big noise and you turn around and it's all like everything is collapsing and coming towards you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that moment? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so and it, and the music's building and this is like a super climactic moment in the game. <laughs> the moment like I'm, I turn around to look back at the elevator door to see if it's going to open before this thing envelops me and it goes it just goes <laughs> black and i thought that was supposed to happen yeah but it just goes black and then it's black and then it's black and then it's black and i'm like it must be loading and then five <laughs> seconds later home screen <laughs> that's brilliant and then that's hilarious at that moment and then i go back into the game and the last checkpoint was like 10 minutes before and i'm like i'm not doing this right now <laughs> and i just you know, turned it off for a while what's interesting about that though i feel like that would have a been a more sensible ending to the <laughs> if game. it just stopped there if it just stopped and then just took you back to your home screen uh and b i think it would have made me less angry actually mm-hmm. if, the, if that had happened 
I would that would have been an ending I could get on board with because then well, it kind of fits with the tone game. like the, yeah. everything's breaking and yeah. and the mind oh, your Xbox is messing is everything up <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah it, maybe it's like for effect well but, I kid yeah. me I, I know you touched on it before but there's like another thing that I just wanted to say that in that whole section where Adam is like explaining everything to you and it's right at the end of the game and you're just getting this diatribe of bullshit that's being fed at you and as Derek said earlier on there's this moment where you as your character are looking in a mirror and then you see that monster that becomes you and mm. you become the monster. And he's talking about how it's his hate for you that he's personified this monster. And then I was thinking back to the other Dream Eater sequences. And when we were talking earlier on, the first time that monster shows up is in that office block. And I'm like, well, wait a second. If that's a personification of me hating or being hated by my son, why is it chasing me? And why does it kill me if it's the personification? <laughs> and true. then after that, again, I just got so enraged again. Uh, because the thing is, here's the thing. I love video games. I love, I don't get enough time to play video games, but I love playing them. And and when Derek asked me to be on the co- podcast, I was like, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna get to play a game I never maybe would have played before. Mm-hmm. It's it's either going to be amazing or trash or somewhere in the middle. Um, and I I love the Game Pass concept. Mm-hmm. Like Netflix for video games is a great idea. And I have had so much fun playing games on Game Pass that I never would have played. Totally. I, I got so addicted to Rocket League at one point because it was on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot of fun. And I never would have bought the game. But the fact that it's on Game Pass, I've played it a ton. Um, sea of Thieves is another one. I know you mm. and I have talked about this before. I love Sea of Thieves. Me too. I think it's an awesome game, and it's on Game Pass. Completely awesome. Yeah, and it's a game that would have died, I think, without Game Pass because oh, at it, the start absolutely. there, like, yeah, people didn't. I loved it right from the start, and and yeah. I just loved going out there and doing whatever with my friends. But it lacked content for sure, and it the did. fact that they like Game Pass has given them this steady, steady stream of players that have allowed them to really develop the game over mm-hmm. the past year. It is a completely different game at this. Oh, point. it is. It really is. And and I would encourage anyone who played it at the start, hated it, go back to it because mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. Um, but the the Game Pass method works it does um and i think microsoft have proved that uh with everything that we've seen out of it in the last little while but this is not one of them this is this is an entire (laughs) miss and do you know what i almost feel like they should be stricter about the games that are on game pass and i thought when when you told me about the concept of this podcast i was like this is a great idea this is exploring and it's a conversation about is this the new method for video games Mm -hmm. should we just pay a subscription service and just have access to uh all these video games like all these streaming music services that you have out there you get access to hundreds of thousands of songs and all you pay is a monthly fee i think it's a great idea but if they fill it up with shit like this Mm -hmm. no one's gonna like it and and Mm -hmm. it's forever gonna be lambasted as this oh well that's just where all the shitty games go Mm -hmm. that no Mm -hmm. one ever plays um and I, and I think they need to be really careful. I genuinely think they need to be a lot more picky yeah. about what goes on here. Because um, this is just a mess. That said, though, like, I feel like part of it, part of it as well is that everyone has different tastes. And, and true, you know, we're playing, you know, we played this game because we had to. It was what se- was selected from for us, which yeah. is the whole point of this podcast. But yeah. Um, like everyone loves different things and some, but there are people that I, I mean, maybe we are wrong about We are like, it got great reviews pretty much across the board. 
Yeah. Like I didn't read a, a lot of negative. Like this is probably the most negative I've heard of people talk about this game. And so I'm glad that we I think it's one of those, <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where everyone has their own perception. Everyone has their own opinion about these things. And, and yeah, it makes it very hard. Like, I, I feel like there it's like it, there's going to be a level of absolute crap. And I don't mm-hmm. know if this is that level. Mm. But I, I definitely see what you're saying at the same time. And and you are right. And, and it does come down to different tastes, which is why I said, you know, at the start of this, uh, when you asked me if I would recommend it, and I was like, if you are a really big fan of either Bloober Team or Rutger Hauer, in fact, mm-hmm. no, not if you're a fan of Rutger Hauer, don't listen to it. <laughs> if you're a fan of Rutger Hauer, do not play this game. Do not you might not be a fan anymore. <laughs> uh, if you're a fan of these kind of games, um, I, I think you might get something out of it. Because uh, again, when you're not in a dream your sequence, it's visually very nice. The story's trash, but you can you can look past it if you're super into this kind of game. Mm-hmm. I think you could. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just want to play like a really good walking simulator, go play Edith Finch because it's, I, I, you know, it's one of my favorite games. It's great, and and I, I haven't finished it yet. Uh, I've been taking my time with it. I, I I've just loved exploring that world mm-hmm. and walking around as all these different characters and, and all these different stories. But that's how to tell a story. Mm-hmm. That game is how to do creepy ass sequences without having to be like, ooh, it's glitchy and oh, there's a jump scare <laughs> and oh, there's a pigeon in front of your face. Like it just, they just missed the trick and it disappointed me. And mm-hmm. and I think that's what really made me more mad than anything was that it 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 didn't live up to what I wanted it. And that was my own fault because I, I had set the expectation when we, when I was first sitting in that car, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be cool. And then when I was in that apartment, I was like, oh my God, we're going to get to solve like murders and I'm going to get to work stuff out and I'll feel really smart because I'll be like, oh, this happened with that. And there's a book here that says 1984 and there's a keypad on the thing, do this stuff. And it makes you feel very smart in those moments. And then it just delivers this <laughs> utter nonsense. Uh-huh. And it just, again, I just was really disheartened by it. To build on what we were talking about before as well with the Game Pass games, we had to play this one. But mm. if you were like, this looks cool on your own accord, not because yeah. I told you to play it, you're like, this looks cool, and you download it, and you play it for 20 minutes, and you're like, this is terrible. You can mm. never play that game again, and it didn't cost you anything but 20 minutes of your time. And and that's it. And I think that genuinely is the best thing about Game Pass because there are tons of games that I have downloaded, played for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and gone, nah, it's not for me. Um, and again, you're right. Like I, I wanted to finish this game for the podcast because I wanted to see how it turned out. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give my honest opinions on it. Uh, I would have I would have cheated myself if I hadn't finished it to mm-hmm. come onto the podcast and talk to you about it. Um, warts and all, uh, but I if it if it wasn't for the show, I don't think I would have finished it. Yeah, I I definitely wouldn't have. I I would have given up so quickly. Uh-huh. Um, and and it's a shame because clearly Bloober Team like this kind of stuff. Clearly, there are developers that that they want to scare people and they want to uh-huh. have these story driven uh, fear experiences. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know, man. They just they just missed so much on this one. I, yeah. and it's a shame. It is a real shame because uh-huh. again, the concept of it is such a neat idea. Also, just while we're on the subject, the whole idea of going going into someone's head uh, to figure out what happened to them, if this is the best the police came up with for this, they need to reinvestigate their <laughs> IT department because just it would just be the worst idea to 
to actually have this as a reality if that was the outcome it it kind of reminded because it's like this weird like cable that comes out of um is it is that of his wrist is that of his yeah like, it's hand? kind of out of his like arm ish area and but it kind of has like a like the end is like very grabby it kind of reminds me of like the ponytails in avatar <laughs> Yeah. Like that's how they like connect, oh right? God. Like that's totally it. That's absolutely <laughs> it. And that has completely changed. That's it. That's what they need to do. They need to do Avatar murder mysteries. <laughs> uh and that's how they bang, so you know, you <laughs> well, get, all, you get all of that in one game. And maybe that's it. Maybe no, we're not gonna go there. That's <laughs> a different podcast entirely. That's uh <laughs> that's something else that we can't discuss. Um so for is there anything else you want to say for Observer? Is that uh does that pretty much do it? I think that I think that does it. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing was, when you get that last choice, you know, I was kind of thinking to myself, could I, to find out what happens, could I sit through another eight hours of this game to do the other ending? Because as I've said before, I'm someone that I will go back and find every single ending. Like yeah. I will make every single choice, which is why I've played through the Mass Effect series multiple multiple mm-hmm. times because of like what if i let this character die how does that change this part of the story sure and um, i got to the end of this game and i was like if anyone ever told me you have to chop off an arm or sit through another eight hours of observer the it arm. would be bye bye arm 100 percent, 100 percent. you can just get a new arm but you True. can't get that eight just, hours back yeah that's it that's yeah. it man time is precious <laughs> and observer is not yeah yeah that said i cannot wait to play blair witch i love blair witch like the series i everyone everyone shat on the one from a couple years back (laughs) i thought it was super neat and the fact i just loved like the marketing because i remember being at san diego comic-con that Mm. year or the year before and they were i think the like they were promoting this movie called the forest or something like that Mm. it had a totally different title and then it wasn't until like it came out that it's like oh my gosh this is actually a blair witch movie and i just feel like that was really cool and i liked the movie so um the game looks really creepy though it's one of those things i think that bluebird team clearly this is their jam this is their like thing with layers of fear this and then and then blair witch i think and it's weird that that sequence in the forest that was creepy as shit like mm-hmm. looking around that forest i That's was true. like oh am i gonna get scared here is this gonna be a moment uh, and then they fucked it with their stupid puzzle but um <laughs> the, i i feel like they could do a really good job of blair witch and what's interesting about this is i might go back and play layers of fear uh-huh. to see like can they make a good video game mm-hmm. or is it just that I'm just not a fan of this? Sure. And if I'm not a fan of this, then fair enough. I'm sure everyone can ignore my thoughts and observer. Mm-hmm. Um, but as someone who's been playing games for, you know, a long time, a long portion of my life. Yeah. Uh, I like to think that I, I've played enough different types of games uh, to, to have a well-rounded view <laughs> Um, because and do you know what actually you said it on I think you've said it on a couple of episodes of the podcast now Forza 4 yeah Forza 4 is an incredibly fun game I am not into cars I, I don't even drive totally I am not a driver I, I'm not a car guy I'm not someone that knows that even like a lot of brands of cars or whatever uh, that is such a fun mm-hmm. game and it's a racing game which I would never really play I would have never bought that game but it is fucking wild. It's yeah. wicked. It's, it's so wonderful. much fun. It's so much fun. Really expertly done. And, and then, so much variety. Like yeah, from the, totally. the rally racing to the street racing to like the just the obstacles that you could do to like the hidden cars. Like there's so much to do to the whole yeah. Lego world that they've added recently. Yeah. It's it, it like it's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And I just think that if 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 that was the future of Game Pass, I would be so in. I would mm-hmm. be like, cool. If we're gonna do <laughs> cool shit like that, amazing. I'm down. Yeah. If I yeah. get to explore these hidden gems and I and I find some really cool stuff in here, awesome. Right. Um. How about Halo find... Infinite on the day that it comes out? Oh my god! If <laughs> I ch- I, like we could talk for another six hours about how excited because they they brought split screen back. I'll tell you a funny story. My wife and I, as I said before, we played ha- so much Halo Three online, and we played split screen. And uh, when was it Halo Four or Halo Five that they got rid of it? I think it was Halo Five. I, I think it's Five. I think it's the first because that was the first Xbox One. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. They got rid of split screen. And my wife, who is not like a super video game person, like we play Overcooked and things like that. Like she plays video games, uh, but not to the same extent I do. And she was furious. So like so furious and upset that they took away split screen. And I was too. And it was one of those things that now that split screen is back, I can finally get back into Halo Mm -hmm. and we can kill some scrubs. And I'm excited. (laughs) Well, with that, I think that's pretty much it for Observer. I'm so glad. Yeah, me too. Let's never play this again. <laughs> let's yeah. Let's agree to never yeah, ever play this yeah. game again. <laughs> Unless you really like, I don't know. No, there's no, no, there's no way. There's, there's no. no I, try, I was trying to think of one for a moment there, and there's not one. Observer Definitive Edition. Oh my god! <laughs> now in 30 frames per second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, except Other when the things get really sometimes. artifacty, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, but with that, I'm going to go ahead and draw the game for the next episode. Do it. So next episode, it looks like we'll be playing Gears of War Ultimate Edition. Oh, wow. Which I am excited for because I have not really played much Gears of War at you all. You are kidding that you have not played Gears of War. No. Yeah, I, I've played a bit of the multiplayer back on the mm. 360, but I don't. And I've played a bit of the Gears of War 4 campaign. Yeah. Uh, but I've never played through the campaigns before. Dude, Gears 1 is by far the best. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Whole series uh, is good, though. That Like, I enjoyed ups the whole series. Yeah, ups and downs. I, I think it 3 wasn't amazing. I think 1 is still my favorite. Uh, I never played four. I, I need to. I think that's on Game Pass as well. Sure so is, I'm going to yeah. need to play four. Um, Whole series is on Game Pass. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so you could go back and play one again. The best way to play it, though, is definitely co-op. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So if Michaela's around, you need to because it's got split screen. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for that one because it's been that's one of those games that's been like on my list to to mm. play to experience the story, especially with Gears Five coming out in September. Yeah. Um, that's been one of the ones that's been on my list to like catch up on because Gears Five looks really interesting. So yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm a big fan as well that. of all the uh, voice actors as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Four and Five, they're they're all super talented people. That's awesome. So I'm excited to I'm excited that that game has been drawn. But with that, I think that this is the end of the episode. Well, thanks very much for having me. This has been a blast. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Any uh, sort of musical? Uh... Sure. I mean, a- anything. Like, I, I'm a musician. I don't just play video games. So if you are into, like, folk acoustic music, uh, come check me out on Instagram. It's probably the best place. It's Doogie Greg Music. So it's D-O-U-G-I-E-G-R-E-I-G Music. 
uh, and you'll find all my music stuff there. I also do have a very, very small YouTube channel and Instagram for my gaming stuff, uh, which is called Moderately Acceptable Gaming. Um, and I do uh, game review haikus. And I'm actually really tempted to do one on Observer. I think you uh, should. Man, playing through this, I was... But it means I'm going to have to play it again. This is the thing. To get the footage? To get the to footy? To get the footage, yeah. yeah. But it might be worth it. It might be. Just to do a haiku, just to <laughs> try and fit... To make a really like aggressively bad haiku uh-huh. about this game. I might have to. <laughs> I might, I'll see. Uh, but yeah, go go check out that and go check out the music stuff. Uh, and the music is beautiful. Me. So I would definitely oh, thanks, Derek. say to go check on that. If I could review your music on Apple Podcasts, I would give you five stars. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. And if you like this podcast, you can give us five stars on Apple Podcasts as well. Um, Do it. But anything you can do to get us out there, we have been around for a few months at this point and we are having a blast and we are not stopping anytime soon. So Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Biggest thing you can do, share the show with a single friend. And if they like it, maybe they'll share it too. Um, But we're just really trying to get ourselves out there. If you are not liking the show, you can email me and tell me why. Derek at geekscape.net. I would love to hear any feedback because I would like this show to be as good as it can be. Uh, And we are also on Twitter. Uh, We are available at XGP podcast. But that is it for another week. We'll be back in just two short Wednesdays uh, with Gears of War Ultimate. But for now, thank you so much for joining me, Doogie. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry to have put you through this terrible, terrible game, but the uh, it's quite all right. The the we're you know we're not in control here. We're just the passengers, right? That's it. Uh, and <laughs> if you do ever need uh, another guest, I would I would love to come back and, and do some more because it's been a blast. I had a lot of fun doing this. We would love to have you back. We'll have you back for sure. Uh, and with that, we'll see you guys soon. Bye bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.